Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, despite there being five Premier League games on tonight, what we've decided to give you is a little bit of fluff. Uh, rather, Because, you know, you might be listening to this after the matches and it's obviously quite time sensitive. And, and uh, the fluff included beekeeping. It's incredible over the years, Andy, in doing this show, the stuff we've been able to talk about while attaching it mm. to David Beckham. <laughs> Very and, uh, true. This was another example. Uh, we spoke to Mario Lopez uh, from the London Honey Company uh, on the news that David Beckham is getting his own hive in his uh, Cotswold mansion. So he was very entertaining. You'll hear from him. Competitive eating yeah. we talked about, didn't we, Andy, today? Kate Ovens, she's an incredible woman. Yeah. And you must go and check it out as well while you're listening to her. Just check it out on YouTube. You won't believe how she puts it away. She, and, oh, she, uh, how she put it away? Incredible. Bilal, we have Bilal Zafar, the comedian. He's been having fun in lockdown with uh, football manager, an old game of type football manager game, isn't it? 2005. Uh, Striker. And uh, I enjoyed the Clips Gold today as well. Yeah, from through old Clips from 2005. So here it all is. Fear not, we've got more on David Beckham's beehive with his new yeah, beehive. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've barely slept since Andy told you that um, <laughs> that uh, David Beckham was going to go into beekeeping in the Cotswolds. So um, we've 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 looked into it for you. So uh, you'll get chapter and verse a little bit later on in the show. But it is um, seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Now, normally we'd be doing the show in a lovely air-conditioned uh, studio, but of course yeah. we're. we're Broadcasting from home, and I don't have air conditioning. I haven't even got a fan. So I've got a fan. So I've got a fan right in my face. I'm, I'm slightly worried that after three hours, I'll have a bit of a palsy. That I may. <laughs> do you know you like you put your head out the window on the motorway for too long? I'm slightly worried. It's the full look. blow, um, and all the papers good will look. fly and everything. It would look very, very good, good wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's so hot, I might take my top off, but if I oh, do, you've no. Got my full, no, no, you've got my full permission to turn off the video link if I do. <laughs> that's, no, that's no house party in my eyes, you with your top off. That That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? As long as you leave your bra on, Andy, I don't mind. <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? When I was there, we were talking more about the game in depth uh, in, a bit, in a bit, but uh, when the, I was thinking last night, when the players take it, you know the ball goes out and it goes into the stands, they have to take a newly disinfected ball, and yeah. they take a corner, 
corner. And I was thinking, does the header of the ball from the corner get like a spray of Dettol? A kind of yeah. disinfected Tom Finney. <laughs> be quite good. That'll be the next excuse from a manager, <laughs> won't it? You know, the, the, the lads had Dettol in their eyes. When the ball first came in a mixture of sweat and death. May I leap to... I'm not... Again, I'm like everybody else. I'm fairly sceptical about VAR. But may I leap to the defence of David Mm. Coote, the VAR official last night. Got an absolute coating after the game in the Sky Studio. (laughs) And indeed, from David Moyes. Now, um, we all see in the moment what VAR are seeing. And I defy anybody to look at that goal, the first West Ham goal, and definitively say, oh, yeah, that was a handball by Davis and Sanchez. Every angle that VAR had that we saw, the pictures they were looking at, old David Coote back in Stockley Park, were pretty inconclusive. I was looking at it thinking, he might have touched it, but he might not. So I don't know. It's only after the game. Yes, Andy. Yeah. I I wrote down. Sorry, Paul, here. I'm just going to say, it's only after the game when Sky do super zoom in a box, slow it down, that, yeah, you can see maybe there's a bit of deviation there. But David Moyes based his criticism of the guy on that, and that's not what VAR see. Until VAR have the advantages uh, of seeing all the images that we do after a game, you got to cut. I mean, in that case, look, they, they do make mistakes, but you've got to cut the guy some slack. That's the only pictures he's able to see. Absolutely. I, I wrote down at the time, you couldn't see if Sanchez handled it. You'd have needed Snicko to see if he got a touch. It was like cricket. Absolutely. It was one of those. You, you couldn't tell. So it's ridiculous. But managers, you know, they, they, they much rather blame Coot than blame his own team, who weren't particularly brilliant, were they? Let's be honest. And uh, I thought Declan Rice played all right. But second half, it was all Spurs for me. And uh, they looked a bit better. I thought the first half, I was, I did think, blimey, the dynamic. Dynam- I can't even say it. Dynamism of Poch's team compared to this team is yeah. really stark. I know it's pre-season-ish and all that stuff, but even before the break, there was a noticeable difference of approach. Yeah. Back foot versus front foot, you know. So yeah, it's uh, a very it's different a, way of playing. You know, we've we've seen that is. from the start. He doesn't buy in. He doesn't buy into that. Although there may be some sceptical Spurs fans out there said we didn't play, we didn't win anything playing that way. So. Um, Maybe the Jose approach is the way forward. Who knows? We'll find out in the fullness of time. Who knows? Exactly. Uh, but again, Mercy's criticism of Harry Kane, it was ridiculous. It, the more you think about it, it was daft. I mean, the Blokes played for six months. It, you know, he did well to last 90 minutes. Yeah. He's obviously a class player. He's not going to suddenly overnight not become a good player. You know, it takes players time. We would both say the same thing there. We both think... Week seven of this new game, yeah. match day seven, maybe they'll start to play really well. It takes time. They always say it takes 10 games to reach full match speed, you know, even at the start of a normal season. So I think people being a little bit critical. I mean, the games are, t- as I said to you this morning, I sit there watching the game and think, oh, God, plum, it's not one of those where you go, oh, I don't know where the time's gone, is it? You yeah. do start looking at your watch and thinking, oh, this is well, taking up quite a long time, this game. Leicester, Leicester, Bright- Leicester Brighton was a dog with fleas, let's be honest. It was it, Leicester didn't get go into the second half when it, it looked slightly better, but wasn't a great game. It was a pretty poor old spectacle, wasn't it? But you know, look, they're doing their best. They're easing their way back in, and you know, you look at a team as dynamic as Leicester on the front foot, love playing football, a lot of pace about them, and they they look off of it. So you know, if they're yeah, if yeah. they're looking like that, then then what chance has everybody else? else got it's very very difficult at the moment as you said six seven games in we'll start to see what they're, they're all made of i think 
definitely. And uh, <laughs> this Djokovic thing is amazing, the more you read about it. And you know you've been utterly stupid when Nick Kyrgios starts lecturing you on how to behave. <laughs> it really is <laughs> serious. Yeah, Honestly. Good point. The, the quote, he said, everything we did in the past month, mm. we did with a pure heart and sincere intentions. No actual brain involved, though, obviously. No. There. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. We brought you the news with Todd Macklin on Friday that the uh, Coney, Coney Island uh, hot dog uh, eating competition uh, would uh, go ahead, uh, albeit behind closed doors. So we're big fans of competitive eating, and we kind of class this, uh, what we're about to talk about uh, there as well. Uh, Kate Ovens we've spoken to before. She's a food blogger who for someone uh, so tiny has got an incredible capacity to eat a lot of food. Incredible. Uh, and uh, her latest uh, food challenge was uh, 4,000 calorie, uh, 32 ounce cod. It's enormous, like a baby shark. Chips, mushy peas, curry sauce and gravy. Um, she must be a freak of nature. So, and she joins us now again. Good afternoon, Kate. Hi guys, you're right. Yeah, I'm just. Yes. Uh, it it doesn't make any sense. You, I, I mean, if you, if, if, as a as a doctor, have you ever had a conversation with a professor about this and said somebody of your size that doesn't appear to put on any weight uh, can can eat their way through this stuff and and it, it not affect them? Oh no, no, trust me, it affects me. Like I'm having to do all the health eating and the boring exercise on the side as well. So I'm not one of the lucky ones, I'm afraid. So you wouldn't call this a lifestyle choice. You wouldn't be saying to everybody out there, you two can eat. 4,000 calorie fish and chips and there won't be consequences. So we should, we should say do these sort of things. I mean, you're, you know, you're putting the work in, you are keeping fit and you don't eat like this all the time. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I sort of do a challenge maybe sort of once every couple of months, if that. So it's just something that I enjoy doing and I like surprising people every now and then. <laughs> No, it's brilliant. I watched it this morning, but I was thinking it's now 10 to 2. You've probably had lunch today already. I mean, what would you normally have? Would you just have a sort of like basically a tenth of the amount you ate there? <laughs> I won't like you. I've actually got my lunch sat right in front of me at the moment, and it's a really boring chicken salad. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty small in comparison to the, to the fish and chips. The, the other thing as well, then, if somebody who doesn't eat very much like you generally and does keep fit, does a lot of exercise, to suddenly have the capacity to take on something, because it is like one of those things that if you edit in Harry Ramsden to give you a certificate, it's one of those, isn't it? It's a ridiculous <laughs> amount of food. So it's odd that you've got the kind of stomach capacity to be able to sort of eat all of that. And looking at the videos that you, you put on YouTube, you do it fairly comfortably. Yeah, no, it's I, that's something I've never been able to get my head around either. I mean, I sort of, I used to be a little bit on the chubby side growing up. And when I sort of decided around the age of like 17 to lose all the weight, I just didn't lose my appetite. I was just constantly wanting to, you know, have all the cakes and biscuits and whatnot. But um, my stomach just didn't seem to shrink and I have got no answers as to why. <laughs> What, what was your? What was the first time you realised that you could eat like this? I mean, you, you, what even made you start doing it? Um, I I don't know actually. I think probably my first challenge, which was like I don't know, maybe about five years ago now, which is crazy to think of. But um, yeah, I sort of I found this sort of massive burger down in. It was actually up in Newcastle, and um, sort of managed to do the challenge there, and then it just kind of escalated i guess I, I didn't really expect it to become sort of a thing i did five years later but here we are 
It's a, it's a weird thing to be famous for. I mean, you've got kind of a global fan base. You have millions of views on on YouTube. You've got 230,000 followers on on Facebook. What do you do they what is the appeal of watching you work your way through these massive plates of food, Kay? Have they have your have your fans told you? I won't lie to you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not scratch beneath the surface. That's not too very that. honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it's the fact that I mean you you're obviously a very attractive person and and you you're having fun with it. I mean you don't you're not sort of taking it too serious too seriously and it is entertaining to watch for some reason. It's strangely compelling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Like I yeah no I really enjoy doing it. I mean I sort of with this the fish and chip one I decided to have a beer with it as well because I just yeah. thought, I really wanted it so why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a pint of lager washing down uh, this amount of food. It's—I mean—you gave a thumbs up to the to the chippy that did it. It was—I mean—you tend to you try and make it good food. I mean, a lot um, yeah, of it, yeah, but yeah. but good food if you can. <laughs> yeah, no, the um, the fish and chip who I went to—they're um, so lovely. I've actually been before this challenge. I'd already been the previous two weeks, and that was my sort of like sort of treat of the week kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, no, they're they're actually listening to this right now, so um, they're very sort of happy with it all. But it is such a delicious fish and chips. There it does are. look good. But you ate all the fish first, and then still had well over half the chips. If you normally had a normal size fish and chips, is that how you'd eat it? Would you eat all the fish first <laughs> and then half the chips, or is that a technique? That was more of a technique. It's so that the um, it's so that the carbs like don't fill up in your stomach too much. So you try ah. and eat all the fish first, but. To be honest, I was just, I was sitting there happy as Larry, just enjoying myself, really. <laughs> now, most of the big names in competitive eating, Joey Chestnut and people like that, get a known, Sonia the Black Widow Thomas, of course, the queen oh, yeah, of competitive course. eating. These kind of, that's kind of, it's, it's often speed eating or a kind yeah. of quantities of a certain thing. So have you been approached by the kind of competitive eating people? Is there a kind of category for what you do? Could you go head to head with somebody else in, in what you do? On the sort of scale of how, you know, there's people like Joey Chestnut, who I have no idea how managed to do 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes. I have yeah. no idea how. In terms of that scale, I'm right at the very bottom. So I don't think the competitive eating world is kind of for me, but I just, I just kind of enjoy, you know, sort of finding really great food vendors, nice, good value for money, like great trades people and whatnot, and just have fun with sort of finding really great food places and I just do the odd challenge on the side for a bit of a laugh as well. Okay. I don't think Joey could eat that fish and chips. The bones, I think, could be a problem oh, I think for him. Can, uh, yeah, he can eat anything. He could eat, he could eat, you the, reckon? He could have eaten the tray it was on. Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay, Kate, well, look, good to talk to you again and uh, keep up the good work. People can go and uh, check you out on uh, on YouTube and, and, and elsewhere, can't they? Yes, thank you so much, guys. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. No problem. There Good. we are. It's it's freakish. It really is. I just you, you watch the video. I just, I mean, you know, normally when you watch someone eat a lot of, even the moose, a man with an incredible capacity to eat, <laughs> when he's taking on challenges for us, you know, he's struggling. Mike Boville, a machine. Um, but <laughs> you you see you see it's it's difficult for them. You know, even Jerry Chestnut and all these guys. It's not. It Kate looks like she's just having a snack. They bend at the knee of ovens, I'm telling you. Yeah. Seriously, she's, honestly, she's she, sensational. She is a freak of nature. I don't know how she <laughs> does it. I mean, <laughs> I still maintain it's sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. 
Yes, there's old mini disc still playing out, found in a dusty corner of the studio somewhere. Some old clips from 2005, which is, uh, again, we've not heard them since. We, we we trust our production team that the quality is of... Uh, oh, yes. It's is good enough, but uh, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure we'll find a few laughs along the way. And we start with... Uh, we start with Andy Townsend and Graham Beecroft uh, doing a quiz which probably could have gone better. And the question is, who are Fulham playing in the Premiership tomorrow? Dear, dear, dear. Okay, Fulham playing in the Premiership. I'll give you a clue. Yes. Uh, it's a London derby, and somebody associated with Harrods is the chairman of this particular football club. Hmm. Um, Jimmy Hill, don't plunge in, used to be a player with this particular football club, and so did Johnny Haynes, Andrew. Fulham. Well done, Fulham it is. How did you get that? Fulham playing Fulham. <laughs> Fulham Jimmy playing Hill Fulham. used to own Harrods. <laughs> no, I don't think he meant that. He, he was talking about two different things, but uh, anyway, could have gone better. <laughs> could have done. Alvin Martin now with Adrian Durham getting a bit mathematical. As Brian said, they're 22 points from the last 24. Mm. Uh, and, and I think during that run, they've scored 16 goals in the last five. I think that's an average of a... Well, that's a lot of goals anyway. And <laughs> Northampton... Not looking at Northampton. your maths. Look at Northampton. <laughs> they've only scored three in the last four. And, and that's an average... Well, that's not many, is it? <laughs> <laughs> great yes. comic timing by Alvin there. Even though he didn't mean it. It's brilliant. This is the caller of the late, great Mike Dickin. Uh, possibly testing the great man's patience. John in Bristol. Good morning, you're on TalkSport. Hello, John. Good morning. Good morning, John. Yeah? Uh, what, you want to know what I want to say? <laughs> oh, that's, that's the idea. Well, that wouldn't have gone well with Mike, would it? I don't think uh, he could have... Uh, yeah, dear me. Uh, Good job we didn't play cut that him off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is Mike Parry now, reading out a text. Yeah. Right, now here we go. Uh, Richard in Cornwall. Cornwall. Don't get many from down there. Yeah, I don't think you will Surprised. if you keep doing accents like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not ideal, really, is it, Mike? Uh, to be fair to Mike, uh, he's coming up later. He's probably better having a go at his native Welsh accent. Right, one here from Mike in Merthyr, Merthyr Tidville. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> the news now. And whoever is reading this makes a very odd noise after he's read the story. Paper has printed a statement that's been sent out with the invites. It also asks guests not to use cameras or mobile phones at next month's ceremony at Windsor Guildhall. Aww. <laughs> Aww. It's a bit strange, isn't it? Strange noise, yeah, very much so, yeah. This is the caller to uh, Alan Brazil and Beaky on breakfast. Bill, the big Chelsea fan. Morning, Bill. Hello, boys. How are you? Good, Good, thanks. Yeah, I just want to, like this Raldinho, who do you think he is, eh? Not a clue. Know, is he? Who Who's is Raldinho? <laughs> it's the one Brazilian name no one's ever come up with. We'll ask Tim Vickery if there is a Raldinho. Uh, there isn't. <laughs> it's Raldinho. It could, that's bound to be. I'm going to write that down and ask him later. So, Andy, what's next? Uh, let's head back to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend. These guys bring you the information that the authorities don't want you How to see. How many bushes have you poked your big beard out of over the years, eh? You dread to think, don't you? You do dread <laughs> to thought. think. Uh, here's Big Al and Beaky once again, and Mr. Brazil saying goodbye to a guest. Absolutely. Hugh, thank you. Thanks, yeah, Hugh, Hugh Morgan, the editor of Mobile Choice magazine. I was only yesterday, Beaky, oh, yes. in Cheapside yes. by St. Paul's, in between St. Paul's and the Bank of England, uh -huh. after a Blackberry in the orange shop, and they couldn't help me. Really? 
<laughs> sure it wasn't fruit and veg shop, Yuri. <laughs> Great graces. Back in March 2005, Delia Smith had just done her infamous halftime rant. Her immortal line, let's be having you, was on everyone's lips. Anyway, over to Mike Parry now. It'll be a terribly anticlimax for you if that's your lot, as a famous cook would say. Absolutely. Uh, let's be having it. Let's be having it, and that's your lot, of course. The two Delia catchphrases she's known for. And finally, it's Chris Cooper introducing the news. Second half commentary to come shortly from Highbury on Arsenal against Bayern Munich. First, though, the rest of the evening sports headlines from Murray Walker. Murray Collins. <laughs> and there and goes there. Chris Cooper. <laughs> yeah, of course. Exactly. Good old Murray, Murray Walker. Collins. It's, an, it's an easy mistake to make. So oh, there yeah. we are. No, they weren't bad, were they? There was a few decent ones in there. No, they were fun. They were Not good. so bad. Anyway, yeah, we'll try and get, we'll keep raiding those mini discs over the next few weeks for you. But now, striker, Andy. We've got we just got oh, time for striking. This is Excellent. Steve Bruce's uh, murder mystery, of course, one of three novels he wrote while still a Manchester United player. It's very good. I think it's captured your imagination. A lot of people have been saying, I can't wait to see how it all pans out. And we are getting uh, to the end of the book. Not long uh, to go there. So quite exciting news when we do get to the very end of the book, but we'll tell you more about that uh, nearer the time. Anyway, let's pick it up where we left off yesterday. The Lettersford Town Manager, Steve Barnes, because he is our hero, is talking to one of uh, the town wags. This is Michelle. She's pregnant. She claims the father of her child is Pat Duffy's murderer. Pat Duffy, of course, mm. Lettersford Town's star striker. His uh, body, Steve, was found over at the very beginning of the book holding a bloodied knife. I mean, it was pretty open and shut at that stage, but a lot's happened. Uh, over the last seven or eight years since we started this. They're, mid, uh, they're mid-conversation. They're mid You've got now, a Michelle. new jack if we've been doing it so long. Yeah. I think they took the old one off the market and got a new one on. They're mid-conversation, and they've already been interrupted once, just as Michelle was about to reveal the identity of the father. The door burst open again. Had everyone taken leave of basic good manners? It was Martin Thornton, skipper of the team. The young player in whom I'd placed my faith. I'm busy right now, Martin, I said. I assumed he'd come to see me. But it was then I noticed he wasn't even looking in my direction. His gaze was fixed on Michelle. There was anger blazing in his eyes. Eddie said you were here, Martin spat. Well, he would, wouldn't he? Michelle replied. There was a brief smile on her face, but it was not a smile born of pleasure. You rotten he shouted. He moved towards Michelle in a menacing way. I stood up, ready to get between them. But because of my bruises, I couldn't move as quickly as I wished. Martin grabbed Michelle by the shoulders. He started to shake her, as if she were a rag doll. All the while he was shouting obscenities. The message was that Michelle, of all the young women in the world, was not included in Martin's top ten. I'd never seen him like this before. I grabbed hold of Martin. I placed him in an arm lock. Michelle was a cool customer. She brushed herself down, maintained her cool, and looked straight at him. What are you trying to do, Martin? She asked. Are you trying to kill your baby? Wow, what about that? And that Ooh. lovely little feminine uh, sort of tinge to the voice as, as, as dance, as Steve does Michelle. It's the way he's, he's, he's maintained Steve but given us the camp nightclub owner 
um, all the different characters. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Been a, well, it's he's been done a masterclass from Dennis. In a masterclass of voiceovering. And uh, I love that bit where he went, what, what do you want, Martin Spat? I think that's a yellow card now. You're not allowed to yeah. do that. Well, you can't do that, of course. Not <laughs> no, at all. No. So there we it's are, more striking. It is. It's getting very exciting. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. We're going to talk a bit of Arsenal now, who were busy last night uh, sorting out some uh, short-term and long-term deals. Uh, Laura Wood's on breakfast. Not massively happy that David Luiz is staying. And I think that generally is the feeling of a lot of Arsenal fans. But who knows? We may have an outlier in our midst. Bilal Zafar is a comedian and Arsenal fan. Bilal, good afternoon. Good to talk to you again. Afternoon, how you doing? Yeah, we're good. I tell you what, before we get on to Arsenal, we will talk about mm. um, some stuff you've been doing on Twitch. You have been, you've been a yes. football manager during lockdown, haven't you? Yeah, I'd much rather talk about that than Arsenal. If, um, <laughs> <laughs> we just forget the Arsenal bit. It's fine, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I've uh, so obviously with lockdown and stuff, all of my work basically disappeared overnight. I was meant to do the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Um, someone told me I should get on Twitch, which, uh, have you guys been on Twitch yet? Uh, I'm aware of it. I'm no, I, we're not on yeah. it. I mean, I, I say it's it? all on, I, I, I know about it, but it's, it's all, all these vids are on YouTube as well, Billy, aren't they? Yeah. So, cause yeah. I'm looking at them now in front of me. So people can get them through there. There's enough of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's yeah. loads. Yeah, so I, you I made should, that sound I like such a uh, negative, Andy. It was like, well, I'm not. It's brilliant. I'm really impressed. I mean, the fact that no, the fact not at all. The fact that you've really gone for it. You're wearing a suit. The whole bit, and you know, mm. you've had naming the stadium, the new captain, oh. all every sort of scenario basically that a manager has to face. So I think for people that don't, because a lot of people don't know about Twitch. So I think I should yeah. quickly explain what it is. Mm. So basically, I guess the best way to describe it is like a live version of YouTube. Uh, so people live stream stuff. It's mainly for gamers. So people stream games and sort of talk over the top. That's mainly what it is. Uh, but what I do is that I play. Uh, it's Pro Evolution Soccer Five from two thousand and five, right. um, and I play the character of the football manager. Yeah. Uh, of my team, Pez United, which uh, is a game is a team that exists in the game for some reason. Pez United. Right. Um, yeah, and I've just kept, I mean, it started off very, very simple. I thought, because I've got a green screen with me, so I can change my backgrounds. I thought I'll do like a halftime team talk and a press conference, but it's just kept going and going. So now all the players have their own voices. Uh, one of the players beat me up a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, but that's but that's football. It happens, you know, it, that's part of it. Um, um, while listening and watching it, I, I mean, this in the nicest possible way, and I'm sure it is very much part of the the joy of it is that uh, mm. when you play the parts of the players, some fairly chonky accents in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, they're from all over the world. So, like, uh, you know, they're from Italy, Brazil. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, they've ended up having British accents from all over Britain. If uh, And one of them's got a bit of an Australian twang. But he is Italian. Him, yeah, the Australian. You- really? He's Italian? I thought he was Australian. Italy, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's from okay. Italy. He just, just talks like that, yeah. Wow. He's, it reminded about- me a bit years ago, Tommy Cooper used to do a thing where he would wear <laughs> yeah. half the clothes of one person and half another, and he'd just turn sideways. And then he'd be he'd yeah. be the German officer, then he'd be the British officer, and he'd say, mm-hmm. well, why do you want to do that? He'd say, well, uh, and he'd just turn. So it reminded me a bit of that, because it, it, it yeah. it's slightly mad. You are sort of talking to yourself in quite a lot of these, <laughs> and then going into an accent, aren't you? I'm the, yeah, I'm the 2020 Tommy Cooper. Um, <laughs> That's not I, uh, well, I mean, I should what. say, sorry, go on. 
I've never said there's not there'd be nothing wrong with that. That would oh, that, no, no, that, no. that would that would secure that would secure work for many years, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I should say that it's not just me. It is just me talking to a camera essentially. But yeah. on Twitch, you have the chat with you, so there's a chat bar along the side, and everyone mm. is joining in constantly. So um, I, what I say is that everyone in the chat with me is an assistant manager of the club. Um, <laughs> right now, I've got on average it's like 500 people watching live. Um, wow. which is pretty good. Yeah, it went to a 1,000 on our cup final, <laughs> like um, like it was it's a televised a, it's a, it's cup a final. It's a big day. It's a big day, I understand. Well, that. the thing is about, yeah. about those, Sorry. though, I mean, you've got two types of, of video. You've got the shorter ones, which are sort of you know, transfer windows and new strike part announcements. So. And then you've got the actual finals, which last for two hours. So, so are they taken directly from Twitch that you, you played yeah. out the whole sort of, yes, go on. That's the full stream and people. So I wasn't going to stick that on YouTube originally, but people love watching it. People watch the whole two hours. Um, I didn't think when I started, I did not expect so many people to watch live. I mean, it started with like, I think I had five people at first and then like 20. And now it's it's usually like 500. Yeah, sometimes a lot more. Amazing. So where can people find it then? Just head off to Twitch uh, and you're there. Yeah. So the, the link is twitch.tv slash Zafar Cakes, Z-A-F-A-R Cakes. Um, or they can find me if they follow me on Twitter. It's all there. Um, yeah. Zaffa cakes again. Um, I've got links to the Twitch, and I stick everything on YouTube. If if Twitch is you know uh, too complicated for people or whatever, you know that's fine. Brilliant. Okay. Well, people can go and check it out. We will move on to Arsenal. Um, okay. Uh, so how, how are you feeling about David Luiz sticking around to? Uh, the I think end it's of the great. <laughs> yeah. No, one more year. Yeah, one more year of David Luiz. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why we always sign uh, ex-Chelsea players that are not good anymore. I don't understand <laughs> it. Um, I, I think I do think though. I am quite um, optimistic, to be honest. I do think Mikel Arteta will be a good manager. Um, mm. I think he's got some good ideas already. I think he's improved it because I've got a season ticket and I saw all of Emery. I saw the, the worst time of my life, and right. we basically we played like we didn't have a plan. There was, I don't know what was going on, but it was like, it was just the complete opposite of what you're used to with Arsenal. Um, you know, a complete mess. And now it does look like we at least have some sort of plan in games. It's not quite working yet. Um, but I do think, I think, I think next season will be a time to properly judge him. And I am excited. Yeah, I think uh, however, yeah. Go, however good he is, though, you know, and I think he has got something about him. You're right. I think his hands are tied behind his back, like Emery's were, like Wenger's were. And from the yeah. ownership, I think, you know, and that's why you, Arsenal end up signing David Luiz, because he's available, he's there, and they can afford him and all that. Whereas, yeah, he, he is a great player on his day, but the mistakes he's made, I mean, after that last performance, you'd think, oh, oh no, man. they're going to give him a contract. But, you look, that's the way it is. Because it wasn't a particularly ringing endorsement from Arteta. He, he was talking to about why they've done the business they have in the short term and he said we have no choice we have to do it because of all the injuries we've had so say mm. not quite the ringing endorsement if you were one of those players I mean nobody knows about Cedric Suarez he's, he's not played as he's, he's been injured and then we had uh, he's a good player then we had the lockdown he is a good player and that's a free Mari's a good player mm. you know there are, there are good players there. there's good young players isn't there um, mm. there's Willick and Nketiah and there's Martin exactly and there's the, left, the, the left backs Saka he's brilliant Saka he's incredible I mean that's what that's, you kind of want to build it around, isn't it? That's what that's yeah, what you've got to be hopeful about. That's what's keeping me optimistic, to be honest. Yeah. Like, if Aubameyang leaves, I wouldn't be surprised, which I never used to really say that as an Arsenal fan, you know? Um, mm. you, know you know, about players leaving, just understanding it almost. Um, but I do think, you know, probably get another decent striker. I, I, I'm mainly, yeah, like you said, I am excited about the young players. 
you know, Saka yeah. it could be if he signs his contract, uh, could be the future of the club. I think there's a lot to be excited about. But I am generally a more optimistic. I'm not an Arsenal fan TV type. Uh, very angry person, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. You um, might get the assistant manager's job if uh, if um, Mikel Arteta goes heads for Twitch. It's true, he might like to yeah. cut your jib. I mean, Pez United are doing okay, so it'd be a tough one. Yeah, yeah you might not want to leave. I, I can understand <laughs> yeah, that. So, so have you finally yeah. have you been doing any online gigs at Bilal as well? Or I have. I have hmm. done a few of them. Uh, generally, they don't work that well. If I'm being right. totally honest, no offense yeah. to anyone. But you do need a live audience. Doing it to silence is like one of my anxiety dreams. Um, <laughs> and I, don't, I don't love making that a reality. Um, they can be great as well. I think a lot of comedians, it's been really interesting during lockdown to mm. see who's adapted. I think I've been quite lucky and I've done quite well with it. Because yeah. um, I'm really, with this thing, I'm really building an audience like I've not had before. So it's actually worked out nicely. But there's so many people that are just still doing online gigs and I think it's like that they imagine that comedy is going to come back tomorrow and you know I think you've got to change what you're doing the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Now, I think we're all shocked and stunned when Andy told us yesterday that he had uh, seen pictures of uh, David Beckham in his uh, Cotswold mansion building himself a beehive. Um, His uh, wife was, uh, Victoria, tweeting the pictures out, and we thought, really? That's odd. You know, that takes quite a fair bit of commitment. I've heard about that already. Yeah. You've got to... Hello? Oh, somebody's Hello. already joined us on the line. Okay, well, we're, who's that? I, I won't bother doing an intro. We'll just we'll just crack on. Anyway, I will carry on doing an intro. So it's all down to a, a piece of kit called the Flow Beehive, which is um, which is pretty affordable. Um, so uh, we'll find out more from our guest. I think you've already heard from him, Mario Lopez, the beekeeper for the London Honey Company. Good afternoon, Mario. 
Yes, good afternoon uh, to you and to your listeners. So do you think this is, I mean, it is quite good for the world of beekeeping that someone with a bit of profile like David has, uh, has decided he wants to try his hand at it? Of course it is. I mean, it's, it's great for the bees. Um, it's great for him that he's getting into, into beekeeping as, as a hobby for himself and his family. Uh, and obviously it increases the profile for bees and beekeeping, as, as you probably know, that is applied uh, for the bees um, all over the world. You know, the number of colonies have died. It's, it's, it's a huge percentage of, of bee, beehive loss in the UK. At the moment, this, this current year, we had a, a 10% decrease in hive colonies all over the UK, um, just because all sorts of disease and things that happen within the hive. So um, the, the higher the profile that someone like David Beckham brings into beekeeping, the better. Because, you know, we all started, you know, I've been beekeeping now for seven years. Mm. And, and I now um, teach beekeeping and uh, I, I look, I have my, you know, my hives at home uh, in an allotment and also helping to look after the bees at the London Honey Company. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, apart from a hobby, it's a great job. It's an outdoor uh, job. Uh, we love it. We go out. We are literally in nature. Uh, a great time of the year, not, not during winter, mostly in the spring and summer when the, when the, um, uh, Honey crop really happens, and for David to take this, it's it's really good. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he's getting guidance from from uh, beekeeper. Uh, if he needs any help, you know, here at the London Honey Company, uh, you know, my my boss Stephen Bembo, he's he's uh, quite well known within the beekeeping industry, and and he has uh, he has taught uh, uh, celebrities how to beekeep. And um, you know, if he needs a, if he needs a hand, you know, he he can come and touch our door, and we will yeah. gladly help. Brilliant. Your yeah. hive is always open. Yes, the hive now, is always the open. Thing is, now, the thing about this beehive, though, yeah. a lot of people, might yeah. purists, might say, well, David isn't really beekeeping because this hive is uh, designed not to be opened. Uh, the bees are not disturbed. They live in the hive. And all you do is uh, turn the tap on and you get, you get the honey. So Correct. is that uh, actually proper beekeeping? <laughs> Correct. And it's, it's um, a lot of the beekeepers, the, the seasoned beekeepers and, and a lot of the beekeepers in the United Kingdom really shun the flow hive. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's just because of that issue. You do, as a beekeeper, you do have to get into the hive. You do have to look at, to see what the bees are doing and you do have to crop the honey. You have to go in, look at the uh, what I call supers. There are two main chambers in a beehive. You have the, the brood box where the queen lives. It's the bottom box usually. Then you have what it's called the queen excluder, which stops the queen from going up into the boxes where the bees put the honey, which are called supers. Okay. Right. Yeah. In the in the flow hive, you have a system where you literally you turn a, a tap because the the way that it's designed, the, the supers are, are actually in plastic and it kind of breaks open the, the the cells and the honey is released. But it really it doesn't really work like that because it's it's something that you do you crop your honey once or twice a year. So we have a spring. Cropping, which we are doing right now, for example, we, we're cropping rich at the moment. Yeah. And then later on in the year, you might crop heather. But it's not, it's, it's not, we don't go and turn on a tap, you know, in our hives, because no. everyone would do it. It's, it's not what we would say 
um, you know, your, your yeah. um, normal, per se, beekeeping. You do sure. go into the hive and open it. But well, I, maybe he can move on to that, Mario. Maybe he can then kind of develop his skills. But will he need to have one of the white suits with the, with the kind of netted hat? Will he need one of those? And a he, smoker. Will he and need all of that? He probably did. If you go, if you go very close to a hive, mm. uh, depending on the, uh, depending on how the bees are, there are, there are, you, you get some colonies with angry bees. And oh, yeah. I, I personally, I personally had one of those colonies in my allotment last year, where they, they were very aggressive, extremely oh, right. aggressive, and they were going, they were going to, to um, sting people. Um, but then you on the other hand, you have uh, colonies that are very docile with beautiful bees. There is a type of called the buckfast bee, oh. and it's a very nice docile bee. It's a British bee, and uh, uh, they, they are very docile. They produce also a lot of honey, and they've got good qualities. So it really also depends where he gets his bees from. If he's okay. going to go if, for, for maybe, I know, someone gives him a, a colony where he doesn't know what he gets it from, I doubt it because he'll probably get it from a reputable, uh, reputable beekeeper. Oh, yeah, and sure. someone who knows what he's um, given him, he'll probably get very docile bees, in which case he might not necessarily, when he approaches the hive to open up his tub to collect his honey, he might not necessarily have to wear a suit. But if, he is, if his bees begin to um, get quite angry, then he will have to wear a suit. And I'm sure it'll be great fun, and I'm sure a lot of uh, photo opportunities for, for David to, to wear a suit and, you know, wearing his suit next to his hive. It'd be great. He'll, he'll carry and it off. He'll make it, he'll make it look good. He'll be on the cover of Vogue in his suit. Mario, it's been, it's been, it's been, a lo- it's been lovely to talk to you. I will be, be looking forward because, obviously, I read about this over the weekend. It would be great yeah. to see Victoria as well, you know, and, yeah. and the kids, you know, cropping, cropping yeah. the honey. It's yeah. a great, great thing for beekeeping. It raises the profile for the bees. Um, but if, as I mentioned, he might need some help. And he's, you know, we have got very experienced beekeepers. You're offering your services, Mario, certainly. We'll, we'll yeah. pass it on. I am distantly related to David, but I don't like to talk about it. But I will pass, <laughs> I will pass it on to him about to, uh, 12 generations back in the same way that Danny Dyer is related to uh, Richard III. Uh, thank you very much, Mario. Good man. Thanks very much. That's uh, Mario Lopez there, beekeeper for the great, London Honey Company. And, uh, you know, he could have been going on to drive. But it was very interesting. And um, I can see David wearing one of those Peaky Blinders hats. That's it. He won't over, need the protection. With the net. Other, <laughs> yeah. With the net, yeah. I think Alan, Alan's, uh, I bet Alan wants to get some buckfast bees. He like Bucky bees. They sound fantastic. And he'd like, a, he'd like the old Bucky tap from the bees, wouldn't he, Al? Definitely. Anyway, he's up on breakfast tomorrow from six, isn't he? So, um, anything else you want to talk about, Andy? Is uh, you want to tell us about? Let me have a look. You're you're gagging normally. You're gagging to tell us. Well, I'm not actually gagging. I was quite enjoying the uh, the bee chat there. Well, I thought uh, I've got to be honest, Andy. I thought we'd exhausted the bee chat. I thought (laughs) I'd I'd nowhere else to go. I felt you were right. (laughs) Yeah, I I had nowhere else to go. (laughs) I had nowhere else to go with it. I I knew what what I wanted to know was what. we found out all the important ingredients, didn't we? We yeah. found out all the important Well, that's things. that's true. And the fact yeah, that we, the, he hasn't got to open the hive is, is a good thing for him, not yeah. necessarily for proper beekeepers. Uh, now, papers love doing this. They always say, it'll be hotter than, and it's normally, I don't know, Ibiza, but this week, today, it's, it'll be hotter than Greece, which means, have they had a cold spell in Ibiza? What about the Sahara or Mallorca or the Gobi Desert? Some of their other choices that they like. But anyway, it's going to be hotter than Greece today. I oh, that's fantastic. Okay, well, good. Yes. 
And Vladimir Putin has let it be known that he he often works till 2 a.m. and regularly sleeps in his Kremlin office. And he's so like one of those people that just says, I'm so busy. I can't tell you how busy I am. I'm very, very busy. But he doesn't work till 2 a.m. Come on. Still, he might. Who knows? The moose is this way uh, kindly tweeting a picture, Andy, of himself standing in a paddling pool in the garden. He loves, he loves to share these loves to share these moments uh, with us, doesn't he? <laughs> is um, it like Lewis Hamilton's photo that he took the other day with not, the, the selfie not in the mirror? Quite. I'll show it to you now. It's basically <laughs> just a moose in a West Ham shirt. It's oh, the yeah. moose in a but West wore, Ham shirt. He wore a West a Ham shirt pool. last night when he was at White Hart Lane and he was interviewing Jose. He had his West Ham like polo shirt on. I was thinking, oh come on, you've got to be neutral. Yeah. He's got his own he's got his own moose mask, you know that, don't you? Have you seen that? I have seen it. It's uh yeah, it's uh, it's, Pretty it's an handy. interesting one. It's quite it's it's, it's quite an interesting design. It's uh, <laughs> it's slightly off to one side, but makes it look like he's got a slightly wonky head, which he hasn't, of course. <laughs> no, but he uh, hasn't. but I think it look as long as it as long as it does the, uh, the, the as the desired effect. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. There we are. Uh, that was uh, this afternoon and um good old Mario. I think we'll get him on every week. We have well, a regular be beekeeping there. section. Your questions about uh, <laughs> beekeeping—that would—that uh, would be good, wouldn't it? Maybe not. Well, you know, it's bound to be another news. David will be stung, or Victoria, or something. You know, that'll, that'll be a big yeah. Well, what do you do about bee stings? Anyway, um, that's us. We're back tomorrow from one. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.